0: Faith for Today with Colin Urquhart and Julia Fisher. Yesterday we heard the story of the Ethiopian eunuch that uh, Philip met and uh, how he was baptised. And you made the point how very important it is that people are properly birthed. Um, in the faith and uh, then we reach verse 39 of chapter 8 and and this extraordinary uh, verse that says how the spirit of the lord suddenly took philip away what actually happened well let's read what it says when they came up out of the water suddenly the lord's spirit took philip away although the eunuch did not see him again he continued on his journey rejoicing meanwhile philip suddenly found himself at azotus a city further to the north From there, he set out for Caesarea, preaching the gospel in every place on the way. Now, this seems so extraordinary. You want to say to yourself, can this really have happened? Oh, yes, it happened to one of our pastors just a few months ago. Uh, She had been preaching over a period of time, touring uh, in... uh, Uh, another nation in Europe Uh, and they came to the end of the ministry and they were very very tired those and her companions and uh, they had a long drive back to their starting point and uh, they just said something like I mean I can't quote the words precisely but Lord it would be so great if we just didn't have to have this long journey if we could just be back in the city when we started the next thing they knew they were driving in the city where they started just very near the house to which they were going they never knew how they got there um, there was no time lapse or anything like that one moment and I believe, if I'm, uh, I believe the, the distance was something like 300 miles between where they were and where they got to. Uh, I had a, a, another um, example of this happening uh, some years ago when uh, a man who was a God-hater and would never go near a church was walking from, uh, he'd he'd been for for a walk on a Sunday afternoon uh, up in the hills, and uh, he was walking towards his home. Uh, And the next thing he knew is that he was standing outside our church. He never knew how he got there. He didn't have to go that way um, to get to his home. He would never, in principle, go inside a church uh the 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 church had some very interesting modern stained glass windows. Now, as you know, they look like broken bottles from the outside, but inside they look very, very nice. and um he did a totally uncharacteristic thing. he he um, thought, I wonder what those windows look like from the inside because the sun was shining right the way through them so he thought that. I'll just go in and have a look. Now, he didn't realize that a service was on. The car park was full. All the streets around were full of cars. He said he saw no cars. That if he knew a service was on, he would never have gone inside. He opened the door, went inside, and there was someone who immediately greeted him. And he said, that was for me, that was the worst possible thing. But I felt trapped. He said, there was only one seat in the entire building in the back row, so he was shown to that seat. I apparently was preaching at the time, came to the end of the sermon, and got everybody um, to stand and to pray for one another. So just reach out your hands, take hold of the hands of those either side to pray. He saw everybody stand up and take hold of hands, and he thought, this is crazy. I'm not gonna do that kind of thing. Then he realized he was the only person sitting down, so he felt self-conscious, so he stood up. As soon as he stood up, the people either side of him grabbed hold of his hands, and he was immediately filled with the Spirit. He had no idea what had happened to him. At that moment, he hadn't made any response to the gospel. But his life was so different because he was really a very negative, a hateful sort of character. He described himself like that just hated people, hated everything, certainly hated church, hated pastors. Uh, And uh, he was so different the following morning that he came down to the church building and he said, I've I've got to find out what happens to me. And he saw that we had an early morning prayer meeting. So on the Tuesday morning, he turned up at this early morning prayer meeting. And of course, I didn't recognize him and uh, talked to him afterwards. And he told me what had happened on the Sunday. And he said, can you explain to me what has happened to me? So, of course, then he heard the gospel and subsequently did repent and believe. So it was an unusual way for it to work, for God to touch his life like that, and then for him to come to repentance and faith. And the wonderful thing is that he became what we call the Pied Piper, because he was a man who um, just lived on his own with his adult son. and um, uh, on this housing estate where there were many deprived children, you know, he would lead two whole pew rows of children to church every Sunday. From being someone who hated people, he opened his home to all these kids that were just left to roam on the streets some of them even without shoes. And he became like a father to them and uh, would bring them to church and teach to them about Jesus. So do things like this happen still? Oh, sure. How can they happen? I can't explain it. Nobody listening to me would be able to explain it. But I, I know from from this from uh, these testimonies that such things do happen. I'm sure there's many, many others and perhaps even some people listening have have experienced these things. But after all, as Christians, we live in the miraculous, we live in the supernatural, and God can do things that transcend time and space. Well, that's the perfect link with uh, Saul's conversion, which is what we move on to now in chapter 9. Yes, we were seeing earlier in the week that... Um, Saul, as he was, witnessed Stephen's martyrdom, although he didn't actually take part himself uh, in stoning Stephen. And there's obviously quite a time lapse between that and chapter 9. I've explained earlier that uh, the Acts of the Apostles covers about a 30 year span, and throughout there are many time jumps which aren't immediately obvious. You know, we, we tend to read it and think one thing was followed by another, was followed by another. But actually what we have here is, is like um, some cameos of key events that happened during quite a long period of time. So this is probably about seven years after the resurrection when Saul was um, converted. So let's read from the beginning of chapter 9. Meanwhile, Saul was still making dire threats against the Lord's disciples. He asked the high priest for letters to the synagogues in Damascus, giving him authority to take as prisoners anyone he found there who belonged to the way of Jesus, whether men or women. He would then bring them to Jerusalem. As he neared Damascus, suddenly a brilliant light shone from heaven and seemed to envelop him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Now, uh, I don't know how many people I've heard say uh, that this light um, threw him off his horse. There's no mention of a horse. (laughs) (laughs) It was probable that... uh, paul was riding a horse but it doesn't say that uh, he he may just have been walking and he fell to the ground i mean if he got not of his horse he could really have you know been seriously hurt now he asks this question who are you lord now he immediately realized this is god this is god He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who is he persecuting? Well, Jesus. And he hears what he, I suppose, dreaded to hear. I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. I mean, at that point, Saul's world collapsed everything he'd believed and stood for his pride he he recognized how proud and arrogant subsequently he recognized how proud and arrogant he'd been in persecuting the church he's reduced to nothing i mean he's blind he actually has to be led into damascus Now get up, he was told, and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. Those traveling with Saul stood speechless. They heard the voice, yet saw no one. Saul rose from the ground, but discovered that he had gone blind. He had to be led by the hand into Damascus. He remained blind for three days and did not eat or drink anything during that time. Why did God blind him? Because I think he had to show Saul Look how spiritually blind you've been. You witnessed the martyrdom of Stephen. You've heard so many that you persecuted, witness to you about the truth and tell you that I am the Messiah. You have refused to believe everything that has been said. You have been so blind. Three days in which Saul